Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Receiving an invitation is a, is a nice thing to happen, eh? Uh, I'm sure that if you cast your minds back, uh, you know, over previous years, you might, you might remember some of, the, some of the best, the funnest invitations uh, that you have received. Uh, maybe to a, a friend's place for dinner, or maybe to a particular birthday, a, you know, one of those significant ones. Uh, maybe to someone's party, uh, maybe to a wedding. Wedding invites are a bit of a big deal, eh? And I always feel for young couples that are, you know, trying to, trying to work out the guest list. And uh, I, I remember for us, we had sort of most of the list taken up of, uh, you know, relatives, family. Um, and so there wasn't too much room for the friends that we wanted to have along. So it was, you know, it was a, it was a tricky thing, sort of work out who you could and you couldn't invite. But invites are, are significant and special. And in the scriptures, um, Jesus uses this parable of this invitation uh, that's, that's given to us. Uh, it, it's written about in both uh, Matthew and in Luke's gospel, so the, those, those books of the Bible that tell the story of Jesus' life. And in Luke 14 and in Matthew 22, Jesus tells this parable of a wedding banquet that people are invited to, or a great feast, as Luke puts it. And he uses it to, to describe this invitation that we have to join the kingdom of God. This, this wide, broad, fantastic invitation uh, that we have. And uh, just, just recently, I was reading through um, Matthew's version of, of that parable. And it, I was struck again by the, uh, by the invitation that was there. Uh, but I was also, I must admit, I was, um, I was drawn into some of the uncomfortable surprises that go along with the particular parable. And so what I want to do this morning is I just, I really want to focus us in around this, this beautiful invitation that God gives us through this parable, through this picture of a wedding feast or a great banquet that's given to us. And my reason for doing that, apart from obviously God just kind of grabbing my heart about it, one of the reasons is that for us as a church kind of going into this year, we, we want to have this, this idea of invitation to be something significant that we lean into, both for ourselves individually, but also that the invited become the inviters. Uh, and so we, uh, we want to be drawn into this story in the same sort of sense of turning our invitation that we've received into invitations for others as well. But one of the other reasons why I want to talk about it is that, you know, sometimes within our Christian journey, you know, for, for some people in the room, hearing this particular parable will be the, maybe the very first time that you've heard it. Maybe you're watching with us online and you've never heard this talked about before, and that's awesome. But for many of us in the room, this will be somewhat of a familiar parable to us. You know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be a bit cognizant, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll know the general gist. But it's really helpful for us in our journeys of faith to be reminded of the gift of invite that we have each received, right? 
Uh, we were camping uh, just uh, the week before last, and uh, we were camping in Oakuni. You know, I know it's not your typical sort of beach holiday spot <laughs> in the middle of the North Island. But it was fun. But we happened to be camping uh, next to the stream, and uh, and it was not a huge stream, but it was you know a stream. I was I was lying in bed at night. You know, we we're really close to the stream. I was like, man, that is loud. That's, that stream is really, I, I love the sound of it, but man, that's loud. You know, if I wanted to have any sort of pillow talk with Rachel, you know, it was, I, I just sort of raised my voice. <laughs> kind of, that's not, that's not, you know, what you're really aiming for. <laughs> There's no code language there, people, okay? Just... <laughs> You know, pillow talk, husband and wife, you're sort of, oh, what are we doing tomorrow? Or, you know, what was, you know, well, just cheesy, easy. <laughs> but by about the third night, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about the sound. You know, I just sort of clicked into bed and, you know, just, unless I actually stopped and, and thought about it or really listened out for it, I didn't really realize, oh, that's right, the stream's right next, you know, it's a couple of meters away from my ear, you know, and, and isn't that how it can be in our journeys with the gospel? You know, that when we first encounter this invitation of Christ to us, the love, the forgiveness, the mercy that we receive, the hope that we, that we have in God, that for many of us, we had searched many, many different parts of our world, our society, people, other things, and we hadn't found anything that could compete with what we found in the gospel. And it, it blows us away. It's loud. Then a few years tick over or a bit of time goes by, and we can become somewhat just, it's in the environment, it's just, it's what we know, it's, we're just, you know, not quite so aware of the sound and the, of the beauty that there is in the gospel. So digging into stories like this is helpful for us to be reminded again of that. Sound helpful? It's all right. So if you've got your Bibles, I, wanna, I want you to turn into Matthew 22, as we were going to read from. And uh, just as, you, as you're turning there and flicking on your phones or whatever, uh, just a little bit of context to this. So this is, the, this is the third of three parables that Jesus is telling to, to people around. And you get the sense that he's trying to, he's trying to get us to get it. He's trying to get the point across of this is what the kingdom of God is like. So he tells these two other parables that you can obviously read in your own time, uh, you know, about two sons and the parable of the talents. And then he gets into this, this parable of the wedding banquet. As I said, Luke calls it the great feast. Maybe if he was in New Zealand, the great barbecue. I don't know. You use your imagination. Matthew 22, verse 1. Give us a ready if you've got it. Okay, it's up on the screen as well, so um, I think everyone in the room, give us a ready if you've got it. Here we go, here we go. All right, Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Now, there's plenty of other places in Scripture that kind of uses this sort of, this sort of language, this sort of picture, to describe what we're invited into, this great feast, this great party uh, that we can have as part of the kingdom of God. Probably the climax of those pictures is actually found in Revelation, right at the end of the Bible, as it's 
it's describing this great feast. Uh, Revelation 19 verse 9, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. So somewhat of a familiar picture but he's, that he's using to describe the kingdom of God. In verse 3, he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Now just stop and think about that for a second. All right, so this, this is a double invite. All right, so he has sent his servants out to tell those who have already been invited that the wedding banquet is ready. Now, just stop and think about that for a moment. So I'm having a wedding in March. Okay, cool. When? Oh, I'll tell you when it's ready. So this apparently is what they did. They would send out invitations to say, we're having this, this wedding, and we'll let you know the specifics of when it's ready. So you get a, how do you think that would go down <laughs> for us? So that's happened. He sent out the second. No, no, it's ready now. Come. You've been invited. You already know about it. You've been invited. In verse 4. But, then, uh, but they refused to come, right? Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited. So he's sending out a third invitation. Hey, no, 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 no. Okay, maybe you misheard. I really want you to come. The wedding banquet is ready. You know about it. You should be expecting it. Tell them that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Okay, so this is part of the uncomfortable bit uh, of, the, of the parable. A general invite's gone out. They've refused to come. He's tried to compel them, as Luke, Luke's version says. Yet they are refusing to come. And he's pointing out that there are consequences to our refusal, to people's refusal of that invitation. And of course, at the, at the time, he's trying to get the attention of the Pharisees and the other religious leaders of the time. Man, you guys, you, you should know, you should be expecting this. You should be expecting the Messiah to come. And you are missing the point that here I am in the flesh, giving this invitation, starting the kingdom of God to be present in their midst, and they're missing it. So verse 8, then he said to his servants, the, bed, bedding, the, wedding, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. Those are three beautiful words, aren't they? Anyone you find. Invite anyone to come find and join in Jesus' party. Now, personally, I would like it if the parable stopped there. And to be fair, Luke's version essentially does. But Matthew includes a little bit more detail within the journey. In verse 11, But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man there 
who was not wearing wedding clothes. Again, if you stop and think about that, you'd think, isn't that fair enough? You know, okay, you've just pulled them off the street. It's not like they were going to be in their Sunday best, you know, to come along to a wedding. But again, apparently, what was common practice, especially for a king to do, is if they were throwing a royal party, they would provide royal garments to their guests. And so apparently, you know, you would receive the invite and you would have the choice of being able to wear your own clothes or a royal garment that was provided for you because it was a, a bit of a show of status of, uh, you know, uh, just here I am as the king. So this particular person had chosen for whatever reason not to put on that royal garment. In verse 12, he asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. And then the parable finishes. <laughs> Again, quite an uncomfortable place to finish, really, isn't it? But you know, the Bible is not there to make us comfortable. You know, the Bible has challenge in it, and it doesn't sugarcoat truth. It's 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 there to to grab our attention. And and like I said a moment ago, like you know, there are consequences to our refusal of that invitation. We each and every one of us, we have choices in our life. And it's such a rich passage of scripture. You know, there's so much that we can sort of uh, draw into it. But it begs the question, doesn't it? What is important within this parable that we should take attention? Uh, you know, we should be drawn into that we should take attention of. And how should we respond to that invitation that is given to us? And you can come at this from all sorts of different angles and so forth, which are really helpful and good. But this morning, I just, just in the short time that we've got, I just want to grab two key things that I, really, I see really highlighted within this story. Two things that I think are really important for us to be conscious of, to take note of, as we head into and launch into uh, this year. I, I think these are helpful for us to remember. First of those, ready for the first? All are invited. All are invited. Probably the, the biggest sort of driver uh, behind this parable is this idea of the invitation going far and wide uh, and, and, and Jesus sort of reinforcing this, this sense of those who were deemed unworthy, he wants to bring worth to, of inviting those who would otherwise have been uh, not invited. Yeah, the scholars tell us that it is cra a crazy idea that a king would have done this. So it's a shocking story that Jesus is telling. You know, so verse 9, so go into the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. Or in Luke's version, go out quickly into the streets and alleys to the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Those that are regarded as less than. It may... Um, 
it may seem like a little bit of a tangent here, but I've been reading lately um, uh, a book called Fresh Fire, uh, and it's like that. Uh, and it's it just published last, last year, so it's really uh, quite a recent book. And uh, it's all about the story of uh, revivals through New Zealand's history. And, you know, here we are a couple of days out from Waitangi Day. And, uh, and I, I must admit that as I have been reading those stories and thinking about the context of, of today and everything, I've just, I was just struck again by, the, by the, the sacrifice that those early missionaries came into New Zealand, came from the other side of the world, at great personal cost to themselves in all sorts of different ways to ensure, to play their part, that all were invited. To spread that message of hope. And now look, I know that, you know, celebrating Waitangi, the Treaty of Waitangi and everything on Tuesday, it's, it's full of nuances and there's some really uh, sad and difficult pieces of history that happened, particularly after the signing of the treaty. But we can't miss the, the part that was played of the gospel in the lead up to that treaty of people wanting to come together to live at peace, but also to have this, this, this great banquet the invite to it, put out to anyone that they found. And the story spread throughout New Zealand in powerful ways. And here we are as part of the result of, of that happening. This, this parable makes it clear that God's arms are wide open to invite all to the barbecue, all to the banquet. And then, of course, for the invited to become the inviters. And, and maybe, maybe there are people here uh, this morning or watch us, watching with us online. And, and somewhere deep down, you have actually always wondered if you were really worthy to be invited. If that, if that invitation to live as a Christian, to, to live with God as in the center of your world, if that's really for you, Maybe through particular circumstances, something that's either in the past or present of your life, you think deep down that it discounts you in a way. And it's all well and good for others, but for, it's, it's just sort of to the side a little bit. And maybe every now and again you dip your toes in or you, you maybe come along with family or whatever, moments like this. This parable should make it blatantly clear to you that you are invited. You are welcome in the kingdom of God. You're welcome to join the party. You're welcome to join the kingdom. And obviously our heart is that you would know that you're welcome here at Coast but obviously broader and bigger than that. 
that you're welcome to do life with God. He would love to do life with you. The second thing, though, that sort of stands out to me within this story is that a response is necessary. A response is necessary. The thing about an invitation is that it requires some sort of response, doesn't it? And part of the uncomfortable bit of this parable is that, you know, some people choose wisely and some people don't. In fact, um, there's uh, a New Testament uh, scholar, Craig uh, Bloomberg, who points out that the phrase where it says they paid no attention is, is more likely translated as they didn't care. You know, the, their loyalty to just the daily activities that we read about, both in Matthew and Luke's version, you know, businesses, farms, and so forth, that they were paying attention to instead of responding positively to the invite that they received. Just their loyalty to those activities was greater than their loyalty to the response of the invite. And how true can that be of us, of me? Yes, in big ways, but in little ways as well. You know, that, that, that invitation is not a one-off invitation, is it? You know, like it's a daily invitation that we receive, each and every one of us, to, to, to keep stepping into the kingdom, to live our life God's way. And how often can we allow our loyalties to life's busy activities to miss those sort of kingdom invites that we have along the way, a particular conversation, a, a particular way of acting, a particular way of responding, a, a, a directional change within our lives that we're just sort of so busy, sort of buried in doing our own daily activity. And maybe for some today, it's just, to, this is the challenge, just to stop and consider it, like with me in the stream that's right next door to my ear, just, just, just stop, just Consider the invitation again that you have received from God, the love that he has for you to step into a life with him every day. Then there's the guy who didn't put the garments on. <laughs> Pulled off the street. You know, this, this picture of being pulled from our old way of life, of doing life without God, without relationship connection in any, in any sort of way but given the opportunity to wear royal garments. Uh, James Freeman, another um, New Testament guy, says the beauty of the parable as well as its deep spiritual significance is more clearly seen in the fact that beggars are represented as clothed in garments of royalty. Like every, all of the others in the room, the, the hall was full. All the others had chosen wisely to wear those garments of royalty. And as we respond to the gospel, as we respond to God's love, that's the opportunity that we have to put on the royal garments of love and grace and kindness and mercy. I found a, um, a message by uh, Charles Spurgeon uh, about, you know, what are those, those garments specifically? And he put it like this. Uh, excuse the old English. This is from 1888, right? A little while ago. Uh, I think I may say plainly that it must signify a distinguishing mark of grace. There ought to be something about us that sets us apart. 
are something which can be seen and understood by common people, even as a wedding garment could be seen and its meaning at once perceived. When people look at our... What a challenge, eh? When people look at our lives, is there a garment that we wear? N.T. Wright, I'll, I'll close soon. N.T. Wright says, God's kingdom is a kingdom in which love and justice and truth and mercy and holiness reign unhindered. They are the clothes you need to wear for the wedding. And if you refuse to put them on, you are saying you don't want to stay at the party. Just that, that twist of challenge that Jesus is telling us through that parable. As we go into the year, are we wanting to wear those garments of Christ on our lives? Is there a particular garment that you may need to pull on? Is there a way of responding to this invitation that you know that you are needing to do? As we continue to do that, that daily journey of, of responding to that invitation, it just, you know, God just continues to mold us and shape us. And, and, and the beautiful thing is that if we, if we all do that, you know, it's something individually happens, but also as a community, you know, there is something, something that's created where it's just so clear that everybody is invited and welcome. Our arms are wide open with that opportunity to respond. You are invited. How would you like to respond? Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whanau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day and be blessed.